Welcome to the Burnout to Bless podcast. I am your host, Tara Reinbolt, and it is my mission to help you take back control of your life, overcome burnout, and reclaim your happiness. Trust me, if I can do it, you can do it. I went from totally burned out human resources professional looking to find my purpose in life to finally kicking burnout to the curb and finding my God-led mission. If you're ready to start living your best life today, like right now, literally this second, then you've come to the right place. Consider me your own personal business and life coach. Now let's get this party started and dive into today's episode. I hope that you're having an exceptional week and I'm really excited to talk to you today. Yesterday was International Women's Day. And that being said, I desperately wanted to record an episode and air an episode yesterday in honor and celebration of the day because women, we should be celebrated. Thankfully, We are going to be celebrated this whole month, but let's face it, we should really be celebrated every day, right? So (laughs) I wish and I hope that this episode is inspirational and maybe you can give it to all the men in your life. (laughs) Or let's face it, all the women in your life as well. We'll dive into that in a minute and what I meant by that. (laughs) But funny thing is, I had a very overwhelming day yesterday, too much on my plate, and really this past week, the last seven days have been that way, and therefore kind of found myself just running out of time to do that, running out of time doing what I typically do and following my typical process, and I was a little frustrated and a little annoyed. And then I got on the phone with another coach that will be guesting on the podcast within the next month. I'm really excited to have her. Her name is Lisa J. Weiss. And I was on this call yesterday with her and I was telling her about how I wanted to air an episode in honor and celebration of the day. And that's when she brought to my attention that every single individual out there is throwing emails your way, is doing podcast episodes, is doing content on this very topic. And therefore, it's not the end of the world that it's coming a day late because then people might actually listen to the podcast versus... Versus being too inundated with all of the emails, all of the content about International Women's Day. So I'm coming at you a day late. But what also I took away from that conversation is I was creating this narrative that I often talk about here on the podcast of I have to. I should, I need to. These were the type of thoughts that were going through my mind because it was important to me. 
And I think oftentimes we get stuck in this, I should, I need to, because things are important to us. We don't necessarily focus on the things that do not matter, right? We don't necessarily attach the I should or I need to to the things that do not matter. But the things that we deem that matter, it's much easier to give into that thought of I should, I have to, I need to, because it's something that actually matters to you. But the funny thing is, is I kind of took a step back after that, realizing that's exactly what I was doing. And it was more of an I should. And I started asking myself the questions of, well, why should I? And it was because, oh, well, it's just today. Today is the day, even though I know that it's being celebrated the whole month. And I took a step back further. And if I was being honest with myself, it had to do more with doing what everybody else was doing. And it also had more to do with, if I air this episode after the day, I'm going to look like I can't get things done on time. I'm going to look potentially incompetent, lazy, whatever it is. And I know that's not true in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) But I have to tell you, these were the thoughts that were coming up for me as a reason as to why I needed to air an episode on the actual day. And once I had that conversation with Lisa, I started to reframe it and think to myself, well, I don't want to be like everybody else. I know that it's the day and now today is the next day and it's not officially International Women's Day anymore, but that's okay. I don't necessarily need to do what everybody else is doing. And that kind of goes with the topic of the conversation of women and how we feel at times that things are expected of us. I think that we all fall prey to this. And not only women, I think men for sure fall prey to this as well. And right now, our cultural norms are being challenged. And I think that's a really good thing because ultimately, instead of thinking of all the things that we should be, this is how a woman should act. This is how a woman should dress. This is how a woman should speak. This is what a woman should do. She should take care of the kids. She should cook. She should clean. And I'm going to get really personal right now because when I first got married, my husband grew up in a household that his mother loved her so much. Shout out to Tina. She cooked all of their meals. And due to that fact, when we got married and we moved in together, I went from never cooking a meal in my life other than macaroni and cheese. Okay. I think everyone has made macaroni and cheese. <laughs> But anyways, I went from never making any meals to being expected to cook every single meal for dinner and all the grocery shopping and the cleaning. And of course, I was working. At the time, we didn't have any kids. 
But I would have to say that I remember at my bridal shower, I got so much stuff for the kitchen, so many things for cooking, and for a lot of women, I'm sure, that really enjoyed cooking or actually have made a meal in their life, I'm sure it was a dream come true, the amount of things that we got. I remember, though, almost having an anxiety attack, and I've never had an anxiety attack in my life. (laughs) I remember thinking, oh my gosh, it's going to change. I'm going to have to be expected to cook every single meal, and I have to tell you, ladies, it worked itself out. My husband now, he cooks all of our meals, so it all worked out in the end, but I remember at the beginning of our marriage, that was just kind of an expectation, and it had to do with the fact that this is how my husband was raised, which I have to say thank you for raising him that way because it has instilled a lot of really good family values into our family. But at the same time, the whole idea that I was going to cook every single meal when I wasn't sure if that's really what I wanted to do, what I was good at, you name it, it caused a little bit of friction just because of the societal norm of this is just what a woman does, right? And there's many times that we get put into, oh, well, you can do this and you can do that, just simple things. And the reality of it is, is that's not maybe what we're good at. That's not what we enjoy doing. But yet, we're put into this box and we're expected to do it because we're women. And I'm happy that a lot of societal norms are being challenged right now just because when it comes down to it, in order to figure out who you are, you have to really take away what society says you should do, what your friends and family think that you should do, because it's all baked in. When I was working 60 hours a week, It wasn't a a gender role that was expected of me, but it was definitely a belief system that I picked up from society, which was, oh, well, everybody works 60 hours a week if they're in corporate or if they're in a high demanding job. It is what it is. And I took it as that. I took it as fact versus ever challenging it because to me... It was a fact. There was no other option. There was no other way. And I think that's why sometimes as women and as men that we get stuck doing things that, like I said, things that we do not enjoy, things that we're not good at. And instead of asking yourselves the questions of, well, why am I doing this in the first place and dissecting why that is, And coming to the conclusion of, do I want to continue to do this? Does it actually make sense? Or if it doesn't make sense, then what does make sense? And for us, just, you know, the example of cooking, um, what happened was I cooked for a long time and it started not to make any sense. And the reason why it didn't make any sense 
was because let's just say my ADD kicked in. (laughs) I actually am a very good cook, okay? I will give myself a pat on the back for that. But there are times when I have my shows going in the background, I've got my podcast going on in the background, and I may miss a detail or two when it comes to the cooking. And my husband at times is a little particular. So after a while, he said, you know what, let me just take over cooking. So (laughs) by me not putting my heart and soul into those meals, it in turn allowed me to take a step back and not have to cook at all. So it was definitely a win-win because he absolutely loves cooking. But because of that societal norm of like the woman cooks and the man doesn't, it wasn't even an option on his radar when we first started the marriage. It just wasn't. It was just, this is how it is. This is how America says that it is. And that's not the case and in so many different situations. And I, I hear all the time about how men love cooking and they make all of the meals. And I'm so happy to hear that because women, you deserve it. Let me tell you. <laughs> so moving on, I want to talk about not necessarily women, but I want to talk about other societal norms that, gosh, really, really bother me and I feel like are a huge hindrance for us to form true, genuine friendships. So over the last two to three years, my relationship with God has progressed because many of you know that my journey started out as being extremely burned out and ultimately God made me rest. You know, sometimes, you know, you keep wanting to go, 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 and your body tells you you need to rest and it really ultimately makes you rest, which is exactly what happened to me. And so after having Addison, my first baby, I decided to leave my job. And as I've mentioned many, many times, it doesn't have to be that way. And in fact, I am an example of what happens when you do not get the help that you need. Now, I'm also an example of what can be possible if you do get the help that you need. So I guess I'm, (laughs) I can be used for both examples. One is hitting rock bottom and almost ruining every friendship relationship with everyone that I loved and cared about. So that's one example. And the other is if you actually get the help that you need, you can pursue the dreams that you want. They do not have to be conventional. They do not have to be what society tells you to, aka go to college and then get into a career and go through the motions and really just not really like it, not really dislike it, just feeling blah. You know, who wants to go through life blah? But anyway, I digress. So where I'm going with this is I have really grown in my faith. And over the last three years, God has shown me what's really possible. He's really worked in my life. But on the flip side, too, There has been multiple things that have happened throughout the the last three years that 
were hard, that were not easy um, when running a business and having two kiddos and a husband that works from home and I work from home. So life has not all been rainbows and sunshine. And that's expected. That's life, right? But what I want to talk about is Christian cultural norms. I often, when I was preparing for this podcast before it ever aired, I remember my husband having a conversation with me about really, in a way, the cultural norms of what you should and shouldn't say when it comes to to people that are Christians. One of them was using profanity. And for everyone that knows me, Profanity, to be honest with you, has been in my vocabulary since I've been like five years old. (laughs) And I'm not going to sit there and say that my parents were bad, my grandparents were bad. No, I had a professional human resources manager raising me. My grandparents were in my life. My mom and my dad were in my life. Like I had a really good childhood. It was just one of those things where I grew up with the neighborhood kids and they were all older than me. And yeah, it's just always been something that I've considered a word, a way to express yourself. I never used it in terms of putting people down or anything of that nature, just a matter of, oh my gosh, kind of like, yeah, just like the saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, right? Saying something to that degree is very similar to me saying a curse word, right? Me saying something that, well, anyway, moral of the story is before I ever started this podcast, I was warned not to use any profanity if you're going to announce that you're a Christian. And it really bothered me because before I ever started this podcast too, and before I ever went into business as Burnout to Blessed, my business coach was kind of giving me some questions like, Tara, do you really want your business name to be Burnout to Blessed? Because people are going to know that you're a Christian And because of that, they're probably not going to want to work with you. And that, there was no question. I I was annoyed with the question, to be honest with you, because I thought, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. But at the end of the day, that doesn't necessarily define who I am. I'm not just a Christian. There's so many different facets to who I am and what I have to offer. And not only that, I'm not going to show up as one way and then people that work with me, my clients, they see me a different way. I don't want this falsity. I don't want to be disingenuous. And I've definitely worked with people that have done that to me before. And me being the genuine person that I am, it's always made me mad. It's always rubbed me the wrong way. Colleagues of mine too once once we get behind closed doors, they they feel that the need to tell me things that I find, you know, abhorrent. <laughs> like, you know, this is what I really think about this coworker and this, or this is my viewpoint on this. And I appreciate people being truly authentic with me, but it's different being one way in front of people and then you get behind closed doors and you're in 
entirely different. To me, that's not okay. And that's where this frustration kind of came in of, of course, I'm going to be burnt out to bless. And I've actually had non-Christians, you know, kind of not make fun of the fact that that's my business name, but almost like, oh, well, you're a Christian, ha, 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 which I find to be ridiculous because, like I said, I'm a person first and foremost, and one thing does not define me. So then now I'm going to move into this Christians do this and Christians do that. You should only say this and you should only do that. In my mind, if you're not going to be 100% yourself, you're going to be presenting yourself one way and then behind closed doors, you're going to present yourself a different way. Well, then to me, that's fake. That's not how God would want us to act. That's not at all, you know, within my values. So therefore, it bothered me too when I was starting this podcast that I couldn't say the word shit or something to that degree, right? Like, oh my gosh, you know, goodness gracious, Tara said something that she shouldn't because she's a Christian. And I thought of this recently because I am involved in the church and I'm also involved in a a group from the church and I meet with ladies every Wednesday and they're amazing ladies. But I have this feeling like I would love to connect with these women, but I feel like all of us on a big level are only showing so much of ourselves because we're afraid of what the others are going to think. And that really limits, I think, the way that God works in our lives, because if we can't be honest with what we need, what we need prayer with, what we need support with, then we're never going to get the help that we need. So if someone's going through a hard time, whether it be a divorce, whether it be difficulties in the workplace setting, poor performance, whatever it may be, or maybe someone's going through an addiction, I find that those topics in the Christian community, I feel like in a lot of ways, people don't want to reveal those. They do not want to talk about those. They don't ask you, please pray for me for X, Y, and Z because it's shameful And I get it. I think even in the non-Christian community, things that you do not want to come to terms with on your own, let alone tell somebody else about, I get that need to keep that secret. But ultimately, all it's doing is it's causing you to not get the help that you need. It's really the thing stopping you from meeting your goals. It's the thing stopping you from developing real, authentic relationships. And therefore, the societal norms when it comes to us women, when it comes to men, when it comes to Christians, when it comes to non-Christians, I feel like all of those things, they're barriers, these norms, these societal norms for each of us, all they are 
are barriers. They're obstacles from allowing us to get to where we want to go. I mean, how amazing would it be if you were a part of a group of women that had no problem burying their soul? And I'm not saying, oh, let's just go vent to one another. I'm talking about, yeah, venting too. Venting's a part of the situation, right? But on the flip side, having women in your life that you can tell the truth to, having people in your life that you can have that authentic relationship with, you know, being able for me to have an authentic relationship with my listeners here and knowing that, yeah, profanity, like I sometimes use it and I'm a Christian and who gives a shit, right? I'm a good person and I have an amazing relationship with God and I am moving his kingdom forward by bringing people to his kingdom. That's my mission here on earth. And yeah, sometimes I say some things that other Christians may find to be abhorrent. (laughs) So I apologize in advance, but I'm not going to not be myself. I'm just not going to do that. And of course, I want to respect people and their views. And I think that we should all be respectful of one another. But at the same time, what is it costing you? And I'm not saying we shouldn't be respectful, but what I'm saying is what is holding you back? What is costing you by adhering to these cultural norms that really make absolutely no sense for you for your friendships, for your family, for your professional career, you name it. So anyway, that's my soapbox there. Now, at the beginning of the podcast, I did mention the women in your life. And I told you I would tell you what I meant by that. And ultimately, what I meant by that is as women, we go through similar circumstances just because we're women. And because of that, oftentimes the social norms and the societal norms that are placed on us, we believe to be fact. So we follow them. And when another woman makes a decision that is contrary to your experience as a woman or as contrary to the societal norms, typically I have seen decisions be questioned. And I'm going to give you an example. When I left my corporate job to take care of my little one, I was questioned by almost every single friend of mine, every single woman in my life uh, on my family side. They were questioning why I would want to leave a career to take care of my child. Just because if you do that, then you're quote unquote depending financially on a man. (laughs) And I remember when I was first married thinking that I had to be completely independent because that's really been me my whole life. And I still fight that to a big degree degree. And ultimately, that's one of the behaviors that got me into burnout to begin with was my 
unwillingness to ask for help when I needed it and wanting to do everything on my own in every area of of my life, whether it be in my work life, whether it be in my personal life, that was an area that I felt like I had to carry the load always. And I have to say, as I became more dependent on my faith and had a stronger relationship with God, I felt the need to be obedient and follow where I felt like he was taking me. And then not only that, along the way throughout my marriage, things changed. I realized the error of my ways of wanting to do everything on my own, never asking for help. I realized that it caused issues because I felt like I had to do everything on my own and that caused resentment at times. And finally, after I was able to assess the situation, I realized that coming to this conclusion to leave my job was the best decision for my children. It was the best decision for my marriage. It was the best decision for my health. And ultimately, it was going to give me the space to pursue my dreams of owning my own business. So it was really a decision that I took into consideration on my own before I even brought it to my husband. It was a decision that I really independently made and then brought the pros and cons to my husband. The only con was I'm losing a very nice salary that we get and we're not going to be able to save the money that we were saving, which you know, when you're making a decent amount, that can be a hard pill to swallow. But it was either happiness or it was fighting. It was being miserable. And my husband and I, we wanted the same things in life. We wanted for us to have a happy family. We wanted to have a happy marriage. And he wanted me to have the opportunity to pursue my dreams. So when People would come into my life, specifically other women that I love and care about, acting as if it was not my decision, acting as if I was forced to make this decision, acting as if I should not make this decision because I should be independent. That essentially, and I'm not saying that, you know, I blame them. I get it. And I think so many other people fall prey to it as, oh my gosh, this is my experience. And because this has been my experience, you should do this too. And I think as women, we, again, we go through the same situations a lot of times. We have similar thought processes when it comes to things. So therefore, we feel like if it worked for me, it's going to work for you and vice versa. If it didn't work for me, it's not going to work for you. And I think that we do it in order to help the women around us, at least for the most part. We don't do it out of ill intention. But at the same time, the cultural norms, right, those are the ones that really propel us as women to say something to 
our other women friends and family saying, I don't think you should do this. I think this or I think that. And that we feel like we have the right to insert our opinion or this is how you should do it. This is what you should do when you're just playing into the gender biases that exist and are created by our social norms. You're just adding to it. You're part of the problem. So I encourage all of you women that, yes, maybe you've been through a similar situation as your friend or your coworker or whoever it may be, uh, but instead of inserting your opinion, it's better to ask questions. It's better to get an understanding for the intentions. It's better to get an understanding for why someone wants to do what they want to do. Why did they come to that conclusion? And sometimes it is helpful to help them see the light, right? (laughs) Because maybe they're on the wrong path and that's okay. But you start out on the wrong foot when you're just making assumptions or you're inserting your opinion. So that is what I was speaking about at the beginning of the podcast because I've had more criticism from my female friends than I have from any male in my life. And I again, I think that what I just explained is why there were no ill intention, right? And then not only that, When it comes to society, we're on the path, and we've been on this path for a long time, and I think it has to do with capitalism, and that is if one person or one group of people are winning, then that means that the other group of people are losing. And I think that that mentality and that school of thinking is absolute bullshit. 100%. It's ridiculous. That's like saying, because you're a professional in human resources and you're a VP of a company, that means that somebody else is not able to have just as a successful job as you. It's just asinine to think that okay, well, if this business coach is making a million dollars, that means that I can't make a million dollars. Like, that's just absolutely ridiculous. You're limiting your potential if you think that you can't win because another group is winning. And also, not only that, let's talk about the narrative that's going around in society right now, which is if this is the color of your skin or if this is the religion that you're a part of or if this is where you live at in the world or whatever it may be, I don't know, then you are at a disadvantage and all of these other people in this part of the world and this race and this gender they have an advantage over you. All that that is doing is giving you a scapegoat to not reach your true potential. And I don't think that that is any fault of the people that are thinking this, like, oh my gosh, I'm at a disadvantage. I am blaming society for even pushing this narrative because 
I'm here to help other women overcome burnout. I'm here to help other women reach their goals, whether it be in the corporate setting or whether it be starting their own business, whatever it may be, I want to see you succeed. And if you don't succeed, then that means I don't succeed. So do you see how that works? Do you see how can the CEO of a company do exceptionally well? How can they win but everybody else loses? That's just not how it works. My friends, it's not how it works. In order for all of us to succeed, we need to help one another out and we need to ditch this mentality of, I need to beat you. You are at a disadvantage because X, Y, and Z, or I am at an advantage because X, Y, and Z. That is absolutely ridiculous. And it's holding you back from your true success. And not only that, It's dividing you from the people that could be the key to helping you further your success because you have this mentality that it's us against them, vice versa, me against them, whatever. So if you have that mentality, you're ultimately dividing yourself up from the people that could potentially help you reach your goals or that you could collaborate with and turn something into something great, whether it be in the workplace setting or it be in the family setting. Maybe it's homeschooling with another set of parents that maybe they're exceptionally good at teaching a subject and you're not. And the hindrance is you're hindering your kids from not getting the education that they need all because of your ego? (laughs) Like, give me a break. I know that's just a really random example, but the list could go on and on and on. And I'm aware that these views actually exist and it actually can dictate an entire company culture. It can dictate politics. It can dictate a lot in our lives. I am aware that it actually exists in the world. I remember being very much ignorant to that fact years ago, thinking that it really didn't exist. And I learned the hard way by working at a company where the good old boys club existed and that the only way in order for your opinion to be heard is if you were a man or if you weren't a man, you had to communicate like a man would and very blunt, straight to the point. Not that there's anything wrong with being straight to the point, but almost a crass way of delivering it of I'm right, you're wrong style of communication. And before that position that I had, I didn't think that it existed in the world. I thought that it was a fallacy. I thought that everyone was just exaggerating, even though it's clear as day that the data is out there, that women do make less. And there's many factors. There's so many factors that go into that. And some of them are which because the women stays home with their children for a year or two. 
And if the cultural norms weren't out there, maybe more men would stay home more more with the kids, right? So (laughs) that's just throwing that out there. So I know that it truly exists. I truly know that there are barriers. And it's a shame that that is the case. But you know what I did in that situation? Instead of trying to go against who I was, going against how I excel and how I'm at my best, I decided to go to another company where I was going to make more money and the culture was not the good old boys club. The culture was everybody's opinion mattered and everybody has a voice. There are companies out there that exist where you can go to a company culture or a company that values the same things that you value. But the point of the story is everyone has different values. Who cares your gender? Who cares your race? Who cares your religion? Who cares what country you came from? Whatever it may be, we all have our own individual values and do not let the cultural norms or what society is telling you should divide you or what society tells you you shouldn't do. Do not let that dictate your decisions because it's stopping you from being truly happy when we pretend to be something that we're not. That is not a good place to be. That feels inauthentic. You're not going to feel truly genuinely happy, right? So don't do it. And then on top of it, when you're not your best, you're really limiting yourself in all areas. You're limiting your relationships. You're limiting your career potential. You're limiting the happiness that you have with your family. I mean, the list really goes on and on. So stop living an inauthentic life just because of cultural norms and start being you. And I can promise you, people are going to be drawn to the person that you are. And they're going to celebrate the person that you are. And they're going to be thankful that you're you. Trust me. I can promise you that. So girl, all I'm saying is go do you. All right? You won't be disappointed. I can promise you that. All right. Until next time, you all have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Burnout to Bless podcast. I hope that you found value in today's episode, and I pray that you will make the commitment to take back control of your life and that God will give you the courage to move forward to live the life that you were meant to live. If this episode at all inspired you, please do me a huge favor and subscribe to the Burnout to Bless podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and leave me a review. By subscribing, you'll be the first to be notified when new episodes air. And by leaving a review, you'll help this podcast get noticed and hopefully change someone's life. If you're ready to take the next step to overcome burnout and live the life of your dreams, email me at coachinginfo at burnout, B-U-R-N-O-U-T, the number two, blessed.com. Again, that's coaching info at burnout, the number two, blessed.com to learn more about my customized coaching programs. Now remember, 
Rome was not built in a day. All you need to do is take it one step at a time, my friends, and I promise you, you will get to your destination. Until next time, 